on your part. Welcome to the On Track and Field podcast. I'm your host, JT Ayers. OnTrackandField.com is the place you need to go to get all things track and field related. Equipment, batons, my gosh, even RelayBatons.com. They're all affiliated with this podcast and they're a joy and so fun to work with. I'm a head coach. I need to buy gear for my athletes to give them the best opportunity to have the best that they ever could do in a meet and have the best experience and give these kids opportunities for further success maybe down the road. Well, On Track and Field is going to partner and help you with that. So go to their website, check them out, and then stay after. We're going to give you more maybe ideas or ways to get a hold of us on social media. And you can even reach out to me on Twitter at Coach JT Ayers, and I'll hook you up with their CEO. He's a good guy, and he'll take care of you as well. Well, with me right now is Trey Cunningham. He's an American hurdler from Florida State, currently at Florida State. Him and I were just talking about him doing his finals. Can you believe that? In 2016 and 2017, he was the high school Gatorade Athlete of the Year in Alabama for track and field. He is the Florida State uh, University record holder in the 60-meter hurdles. In 2021, indoor track and field South Region Athlete of the Year, he broke the under-20 world record twice on his way to the 2017 New Balance Indoor National Championship in the 60-meter hurdles. And you saw him at the Olympic Trials for America just, just barely Getting it. Well, that's not going to happen again. Trey Cunningham, him and I connected on Twitter, and he said, let's talk. I am really excited because I've been watching this guy since high school, and I'm really excited about his progress. Trey, man, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. All right, let's get right off the bat. I have a sixth grader, and he's interested in hurdling. When did you start hurdling? I started hurdling in seventh grade. Um, I don't know what drew me to it. I don't know why I wanted to fling myself at a solid object. Um, but I liked it. I stuck with it and it's taken me places. So I yeah. So <laughs> start in seventh grade. I mean, that's not a normal thing to start hurdling. I mean, you can do a thousand different things. Yeah. Did you have family, a coach a club? What, what was, what's the rationale um, behind that? I mean, I was drawn to it probably because my aunt, she talked about it doing it when she was in high school, but I don't think that was a super major influence on that. Um, I don't know what it was. I was just like, I was fast and I was flexible. There so you go. It stuck with it. <laughs> yeah. The two most important things with all hurdling. Um, all right. So that leads to a lot of us around the country and it probably because social media, but we started watching this guy from Alabama as this white kid from Alabama is super fast. Your form is flawless. And I know you would be the last person to say that because I'm sure you're always working on trying to make it better. But you were good in high school. And a lot of us coach or see kids in high school that are really talented and good. But then you went to Florida State and you kept getting better. So how does that happen? How do elite athletes continue to get more elite and then continue to see more success and get better and better and better? Well, there's a multitude of things that you can do to get better. I mean, you can narrow it down to the angle, the foot over the hurdle, or you can simplify it. It's always going to be A to B as fast as possible. But I think the big thing is like the person actually has to love it because if they genuinely love it, they're going to go to practice on Saturday. They're going to wake up every day enjoying the fact that they get to go to practice. They're not going to loathe it no matter what's happened that day, like practice is going to be a happy place for them. And 
I think that attitude coming into practice just makes it so much better because if you do want to get to a certain level, you have to practice all the time. It's a 24 seven job because your body is what your product is. It makes sense. And so, I mean, are you humbly speaking, are you a product of great coaching from high school to college? I mean, was there a moment where you're like, I just don't have what I need and I need to go find it for myself. How do, what advice can you give athletes that really just don't maybe have that kind of in their, in their, you know, coaching and mentorship? People love to talk about where I came from. I came from a super small town. So they're always like, oh, he was underserved or like didn't have the opportunities. No, I was very grateful to have the family I had and the coach I had. Um, I mean, they pushed me to do anything I wanted to do, but I had to do it the best of my ability. Like I thought I was going to be in the NBA in middle school. Stopped growing at six, two and decided that running was much easier than shooting a basketball. <laughs> yeah. Um, I broke my mom's heart a little bit cause she played basketball in college, but um, yeah, I mean, I was super fortunate. Like my parents got me to where I need to be. My coach hooks me up with people that I need to get in touch with. Like, I wouldn't have ran summer track if I didn't meet certain people along the way. I wouldn't have met these great friends I have. I wouldn't have picked up the little things that I could do myself when I was at the track by myself. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense too. And you know what, you know what I hear you saying is you're like, I took advantage of the opportunities that were before me, you know, I didn't waste them. And yeah. I mean, so let me, that kind of transitions to why Florida state. I mean, you're not in Florida. You know, like you're an Alabama kid from a usage just said small town. That makes no sense to me why someone, I mean, are you a traitor because you left Alabama? Uh, a lot of people probably would view me that way. Um, I mean, mom played basketball at Alabama. So it was big time, like pull from all of them wanting me to go there. But my parents let me make the decision myself. Um, I narrowed it down to Florida State, Alabama, South Carolina, and Stanford. And it came down to the single question, where would I be happy if I could not run track tomorrow? And so I chose Florida State because I like the beach and it's close to the beach. <laughs> hey, no, you know, trust me, man. I live in Southern <laughs> California. It's just down the street. I get you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that makes sense too. And I think that's great advice to anybody listening, you know, like especially track and field, let's be honest. It's not the sport. I mean, there's a very, very small, you said it actually off, off this podcast is you're like, it's really hard to go do collegiate sports. Just yeah, out of high school. I mean, if you can look at the statistics, the NCAA will put it out. Like, I mean, I think track and field might be 7% of high school kids. I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but um, it's very minuscule. Like the amount of kids that do play or compete in high school, they're not going to play sports after that they're done. And I mean, and then to take it to the next level, like even in the college realm, like it takes that less of a percentage to get it. And then to take the next step to professional, it's like less of a percentage. So it's not even like 1%. It's like 0.01% make it professional. Right, right, right. That makes sense, man. Okay. So leading into that, you, you talked earlier about, 
you got to love it, <clears throat> you know, and you got to love the practices you got. So it's a grind. It's a, you said 24 hour, seven days a week, you're grinding. You've been doing this for years now. So how do you manage the grind? Like, what does it look like? And also you're essentially a sprinter. You're not doing distance, right? You're not doing heavy, heavy volume. So your body is constantly working out at the highest maximal output as possible. You have to rest, you have to recover, or you're just going to get hurt. Your body can only do so much. Yeah. So how do you manage that grind? So I break it down, especially for college. Like there's three things that you have to manage. It's social school and sport. Um, and you can't do all three at once. It's impossible. You will break down. <laughs> um, I've been there. I've tried to do all three. So I have to like pick and choose like certain weeks, like what's more important. Like last week I had finals. Social went out the window. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you just got to figure out what your priorities are. Like I have some people I know they go to school to run. That's fine. The coach knows that the job is to keep them eligible and to let them run. That's fine. Other people go to college to get an education and they do running on the side. So it just, it fluctuates with like what you want to do. And you have to be honest with yourself. Like, what do you want to do? Wow. There's a lot of wisdom coming out of a guy that's not that old and <laughs> it's pretty cool, man. Um, all right. So the ups and downs, I mean, coming away from like, you're not going to see success in every single race you do. And you're trying to manage also running for a college and then also qualify for the Olympics. How are you managing those two? I mean, how are you holding intention? Those two things. I mean, you just got to take it day by day. Um, and I really had to do that for Olympic trials because I don't know if most people saw my interviews post-race, but I didn't run for an entire month before the Olympic trials. Like the day before prelims was the first time I went over hurdles in an entire month. Wait, um, why? What happened? Yeah. So I injured my hamstring and it put me out a month. Um, didn't know if I was even going to get on the plane because I didn't know if I could run. But luckily, I had a really good support team behind me. And they're like, you need to get your ass on that plane because you're going to go perform and you're going to go be Trey <laughs> and give your best effort. And if your best effort is just prelims, you put up a fight. And if you make the final, which is what you can do, you're going to have the chance to run for the Olympics. Trey, you ran great. I know you <laughs> might. You probably. But. Dude, you were in it. You look good. And it hey, wasn't even a bad time. I was totally happy with just being there because I wasn't supposed to be there. Um, I PB'd three times, if you want to count wind. Um, I tied the PB in the final and it had less wind. So I say I PB'd three times. All right. So the moral of the story is you want to do really well, just stop running for a month. Yeah. Yeah. And then just hop in. Positive attitude. <laughs> and wrap up that hamstring real tight and just get after it. Um, man, yeah. that's that, you know what? I'm really glad you said that because I was not aware of that. And if I wasn't aware of it, then a lot of people aren't going to be aware of it because I even did research to talk to you for this podcast. Yeah. Um, so what, what now, where are you at right now? I know you're finishing up indoor seasons coming up mm -hmm. and I mean, where, where are you going? Are we talking just NCAAs? Are we talking, world championships what are you able to do 
So right now we have started a master's in sport management at FSU. Um, I plan on finishing that this summer. We'll see, depending on where I'm at in the world. Um, but I'm running a full indoor season, uh, just NCAAs, and then outdoor I'll run NCAAs and go for world championships and then finish out a professional season if they want me there. Uh, I think people are going to want you there, man. Like, <laughs> you're so you're there. You're yeah. And, and I know off, off podcast, you and I were just joking and you're a humble guy. And so I, I'll just won't be humble for you if you okay. allow me to. And okay. I mean, you, you're going to be one of the best in the world, right? I mean, this is, let's go, let's go pro a couple of years. Let's hit that Olympics <laughs> and you're in, I mean, you've been there, you got the experience, you know what it's like, you did it not hundred percent. What happens when you're hundred percent? So that's going to be pretty neat. Yeah. Um, and I think like talking about the professional stuff, it was so surreal the first time I got to run against professionals my freshman year of college. Like I watched these people on TV and yeah. it's so crazy. Like I'm in the race with them and I'm still racing. Against these. It's just, it has never like settled like, Oh, this is how it's always going to be. And I think it will get to that point when I am the old person and I'm racing against the younger people. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's some, there's some kids right now that are going to be racing against you going, Oh my gosh, it's Trey Gunningham. I'm, I'm right next to him. <laughs> this is crazy. So yeah. are you getting offers right now at all? I mean, how does it work to, from college to professional? Are you people? And I mean, is, is certain brands already reaching out to you and asking you questions if you're interested? I mean, what, how does it work? Is it, is that even legal? So, so it is legal from the NIL standpoint now. It's a messy world right now because no one knows what's going on with that. Um, so Except you're making millions of dollars, right? I mean, that's essentially what's happening. I'm not. There's not that much money in NILs, people are saying out there on the internet because they don't even know. But because um, it's all about social media. And like, if you're not lucky enough to have a huge social media following, I mean, like 100,000 plus. Yeah, you're not going to make any money. So then I allows me to like have an agent, have conversations with them, figure it out all before like I'm done. In the past, you would usually have to do like maybe under the table stuff or figure all that stuff out within the two weeks from NCAAs to US championships. Wow. And yeah. I don't want to do that. I want to have it figured out all done before I graduate. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's like a job. It's just your it job. job. It is a job. And I always tell people like who aren't in the professional world or going into it. Um, it's kind of like modeling, I would say was the closest thing. So you get an agent, they pimp you out to the highest bidder and they pay you and then you get pimped out to the highest track meet and it just keeps going like that. <laughs> well, I mean, I know, I mean, obviously the modeling gene, runs in my family you can tell obviously this. yeah obviously um okay well that's good too and you know what that makes a lot of sense because let's say you're an engineer you're coming out of you know florida state you're gonna have an internship and a job lined up before you graduate hopefully because not everyone can live in their mom's basement all all the time and um okay world championships in eugene i'm actually gonna be there and so um i'm gonna be cheering for you bro this would be cool i'll be uh, that's super <laughs> neat all right so in between now and then you're just, you know, managing the ship. You're just trying to ride that wave, whatever analogy you want to use. You're just trying to get ready. Um, every every day, every meet is just another stepping stone to 
I mean, what, what's the highest peak for you this season? Or is there multiple peaks? Are you trying to say, I want to win this and win this and this? What is your goals? Uh, I would say there's like four distinct peaks. Um, indoor nationals. So for indoor, I would say we're going to see how fast we can go. Um, if I get close to the record, we'll go for it. Um, if I don't, that's fine. The money's made in outdoor. Um, for outdoor win NCAAs, um, see how close we can get to that record. Um, we plan on going sub 13 at least once. Yeah, that's right. Not a lot of people have done that. In fact, that'd be a pretty amazing thing. I think four, three people ever from America has ever done that, you know, no, so there's more than, I think three people under 1290 for America. Oh, okay. Um, well, I think you're doing I think it's like 21 people from America have gone sub 13. Okay. I'm glad you said that because it didn't seem that it didn't social media lies, bro. I mean, yeah, I, I, mean, I think there's only been maybe close to 40 people go sub 13 and then they've only done it once. Uh, okay. So um, after that uh, we'll maintain and then run as fast as possible at us championships. And then, peak again for world championships a month later yeah they're pretty close mm -hmm. um okay good well we're going to be rooting for you um i have to ask you because this is one of the hardest things any 110 hurdler or even 60 meter hurdler does to get out of those blocks how come you're so good at acceleration you've always been good or are you just like no man i can deadlift and throw a medicine ball 100 meters you know like <laughs> No, I, I think it's always something I've had a natural thing for, um, but I've developed more in college. Like I took a whole step out of my race in college. Oh, so you're seven. Yeah. I seven step now. And I'm to the point now where I have to cut my steps for seven. Cause I get, wow. Too yeah. So how come you're not starting a four by one? My gosh. <laughs> Cause we have enough sprinters who can do it. They don't need me. There you go. <laughs> they don't need me. All right. So, um, triceps, you're just working those out all the time too. I mean, upper body's a big <laughs> deal for you. Yeah. With my noodle arms, um, our stuff is kind of basic. Like we always have the emphasis of moving from a to B as fast as possible. So we don't lift as much as people think we do, but we lift very intensely. So, I mean, we're in there for 45 minutes and it's sweat. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I bet you appreciate that too, because sitting around, you're not a bodybuilder. You don't sit there for two hours, just lifting barely anything. Right. Heck no. I do not yeah. want to be in there that long. Yeah. I bet. Um, Trey, I tell you this, man, for a guy your age, and I know that's not fair, but you're well-spoken, you're a good interview. And I've been doing this for, you know, a while now. And it's so fun to talk to someone that it has such clear like direction. We're fans. And I know a lot of coaches and even athletes listen to this podcast and they want to be a bigger fan of you. So where can we follow you on social media or anywhere? How can we be like more in tune with Trey Cunningham? Like we want to see your progress. Where can we go to get that? So you can follow me on Instagram at Trey826. Um, that's my birthday. If you want to wish me happy birthday every August. Um, <laughs> and then on Twitter, it's just Trey Cunningham. 
Oh, easy. Okay. And then, yeah. And then on TikTok, it's your tray and your social security number, right? <laughs> yes. I don't really post on TikTok. I just watch more of TikTok. I feel like I'm almost too old for TikTok, but I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to you. You are. Good for you, man. Well, Trey, man, this is great. And um, it's pretty neat to start talking. And I wish we could have got more into the weeds about like, all right, let's let's take it all the way back. What were you working on? I was like, I oh, mean, my tray leg, figuring that out. And then my lead leg, like, I would love to hear more. And maybe we'll do it again. But I would love to hear more about your pr- progression of your hurdling experience and what you were working on, how you got there. Because let's be honest, man, teaching ninth graders or even younger how to hurdle is a big, big deal. And it's hard and comes down to that 10,000 hours. Just come on, keep doing the drills over and over again. Keep working on it. You will get it. Everyone does. It's weird, but, um, you're being, you're doing great and we're super proud of you, bro. And it's gonna be cool watching you right now. Just represent your school, but represent the United States in a few years. Yeah. Thank you. All right, man. This uh, podcast is brought to you by on track and Stick around. And you can hear more about how to get connected to them on social media um, and RelayBatons.com. We're actually sending all our guests. Trey's going to receive one too. This kind of like pretty cool like mug and it's going to be all engraved with RelayBatons.com doing it. And um, he can now sip his coffee or whatever you drink. I don't know. And it's going to be pretty neat for him. So um, anyways, thanks for joining me. And uh, without further ado, I'm just going to cue the voice right now. Thanks for listening to the On Track and Field podcast with this week's guest, Trey Cunningham, and our host, J.T. Ayers. The On Track and Field podcast is powered by RelayBatons.com. Competition and meet legal custom engraved Relay Batons, water bottles and tumblers, perfect for team branding and fundraising, and by OnTrackAndField.com, your one-stop source for all things track and field related, be it for competition or practice, and save up to 15% on your order at checkout when you enter the promo code TRACKTALK. And make sure to follow us on our socials at on track the letter n field at on track and field 